Today, we start a new sermon series entitled Transparency Matters. And this series is all going to be taken from Ephesians chapter 4. So you might want to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4 and put a marker in there because each week we're going to be going back to Ephesians chapter 4 during this entire series. Why would we say that transparency matters? I would suggest to you that transparency matters because we are made in the image of God. We are all image bearers. And we need people to see through this tough outer shell that we happen to put on ourselves because we are all born with an old sin nature. We don't really look any different than the rest of the world until we come to Christ. And when we come to Christ, we need to become transparent so people can see deep in our soul. In Ephesians chapter 3, it puts it this way, that we want people to be able to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. So as we look into Ephesians chapter 4, we are going to start at the beginning and work our way through for eight weeks. And these are the things that I feel that God is calling us in Ephesians chapter 4 to show us the transparency matters. The first week will be about unity matters. That's what we're going to talk about today, starting at verse 1. Then we're going to see that spiritual gifts matter. Week three will be spiritual leadership matters. The next week, love matters. And as you read through the chapter, you'll find that loving correction matters. And accountability matters. And then the last two weeks... Truth matters. And then we're going to close it out with the, the last three verses of chapter 4. Forgiveness matters. And I think as we go through this as individuals and as a church, we'll, we'll feel God calling us to be transparent to the world, but also transparent to one another right here in the body. And as we culminate on those last three verses, forgiveness matters, I envision a solemn assembly where we come together and we are transparent with one another and we are transparent with God and we lay a lot of this baggage that we carry all the time at the foot of the cross. And we leave it there and we start to move forward into the next phase that God has called Dunphy Missionary Church. The next phase that he has called each of us in our lives. So that's the plan of transparency matters in Ephesians chapter 4. For this week, unity matters. Ephesians is all about 
unity in the church. In the first half of this epistle, the Apostle Paul addresses the theological basis for Christian unity. A unity established in Christ through our common roots, our common transformation, and our common relationship. These are in chapters 1 through 3. We learn about the unity of the church, or at least what the church should be. In the second half of Ephesians, chapters 4, 5, and 6, the letter moves from doctrinal instruction on church unity to practical instruction on church unity, a unity that revolves around our personal, family, social, and church lives. We learn how we should put unity into practice. We're called to live together in unity through our common calling, our common character, and our common confession. This can only happen if we are transparent with one another. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. In the Pew Bible, it's on page 1818, 1818. And listen to these words of God, chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy, worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Chapter 4 starts out describing a unified calling. Verse 1, live a life worthy of your calling a worthy walk a daily walk with our Lord Jesus Christ we have been summoned to a calling a calling that is heavenly a a calling that we have all received when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior together with all Christian believers we have been called called to a common position in Jesus Christ. It is in this position with Christ that we enjoy all heavenly blessings in Christ. Our transformation comes from Christ, and our relationship is in Christ. All believers have been called by God. We have been called to 
everything that God has created us for, to be His people, to be His children, to have His inheritance. We have been called to a life in Christ, a holy and blameless life. Chapter 1, verse 4 of Ephesians. A life of redemption. 1-7. A life of future inheritance. 1-14. A life of hope. Chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. A life in God's family. Chapter 2, verses 19 to 22. We have been called to a life of unity with all other believers, a new unity which we manifest in our practice of being transparent with one another. We have been summoned to a calling that is heavenly. And we have been urged to walk a life worthy of that calling. We're urged to put into practice what we know in theory. Most people here at Dunfee know in theory our position in Christ. Now our practice is to reflect, to reflect that position in Christ. We are to live in such a way to support and demonstrate and enhance the glorious position that is ours in Christ to which we have been called. We are to walk as Christ walked. Jesus walked a transparent life. A worthy walk is a walk that is appropriate to our calling, a walk that conforms to our new position in Jesus Christ and not our old position from the world, a walk that reflects our blessing in Christ, our transformation in Christ, and our relationship in Christ, a walk that is consistent with the unity of the body of Jesus. A person's conduct must be consistent with their position in life. We're called as Christians to change our way of life to one that is consistent with our name and our position. To walk worthy of our calling, to conduct ourselves in such a way that it it adds weight to the gospel and the cause of Christ. We are his representatives on earth. And our lives must show it. We must be transparent about who we are and to whom we belong. Unity matters in the body of Christ, the church. The unity is demanded in our calling. Now let's look at verses 2 and 3. Unified character. Verse 2 says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Show tolerance for one another. Be transparent with one another. Verse 3 says, Keep that unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. When we come to faith in Christ, our character is reshaped. Our thinking 
changes. Our opinions, our values, and our attitudes are radically changed to align with and become unified by the nature and character of Jesus. Character is both internal and external. Verse 2 reveals some foundations of that character. From an internal perspective, humility, gentleness, patience, and love. How will anyone know our internal perspective unless we are transparent? Humility. It speaks to church leadership, and it speaks to each of us individually with one another. Humility is that lowliness of mind that enables us to respect others as better than ourselves. It's that lowering, lowering of ourself, just as Jesus humbled himself. Then it says we need to be gentle. Gentleness goes hand in glove with humility. Gentleness is consideration toward others. Not insisting on our own rights. Not asserting ourselves at the expense of others. This is not so much an outward behavior, but an inward grace of our soul. Patience. To be patient is to be willing to wait. To be long-suffering. Just as God waits. He demonstrates his patience, holding back his judgment on this world, wanting for people to turn to him in repentance. Patience is something that we must be zealous to demonstrate to one another. It's fundamental, fundamental to maintaining unity in our interpersonal relationships. And then verse 2 goes on to say love. Our patience is to be expressed by bearing with one another in love, by tolerating differences, differences in people because of our love for one another. Being transparent with others is a way of showing them that we love them. Love is the underlying virtue upon which humility and gentleness and patience are all based. Then verse 3 reveals the foundation of unified character from an external perspective. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Notice here that we are not instructed to create unity. Let me repeat that, church. We are not instructed to create this unity. Rather, we are to keep the unity that has already been created by the Holy Spirit. We are to put into practice the unity of the Spirit. Unity created by the Holy Ghost 
that indwells every Christian believer, binding us inseparably to each other. This unity exists whether we live like it or not. If the character of Christian unity has been produced internally in us, verse 2, then we will be transparent and we will express it. Verse 3, we will live like those who are bound together by cords that cannot be broken. Then we will take great pains to guard it, guard it carefully. Guard that unity that is ours. The unity of the church exists entirely apart from any effort on our part, but we can do a lot, a lot to maintain it, to keep the unity of the Spirit. We can put into practice the unity that exists by being transparent in our Christian walk. The church is being urged, being actually begging to guard our spiritual unity, to do everything that we can to forge a strong bond between ourselves, one another, to manifest the unity that the Holy Spirit has formed already among us by being transparent and allowing our Christian virtues to be noticed by one another. If we truly keep the unity of the Spirit, we will be at peace. Verse 3, part B. God has established peace through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He has reconciled us to himself and to each other through the cross. We learn from chapter 2. Peace is the overriding character of the unity between Christians. Let us be transparent with one another in peace. The foundation stones of Christian character are essential for unity, but they aren't always easy for us to practice, are they? They don't come naturally to us. When was the last time that you heard about or practiced humility. You were probably not taught about humility in school. You don't typically read about humility in the corporate ethics at the place where you work. Humility is not considered a positive character trait by the world. The world does not see humility as a way to make progress. But it is. What about gentleness? What you learn in the world is to push your way to the top. Tread on others and make it all the way up the corporate ladder. Look out for number one. Gentleness? Bah! Gentleness is for losers, we're told. Yet, if you practice gentleness, you're going to discover that it's actually for winners. And who has sufficient patience these days? 
I learned this week that it's been calculated that it, during the average lifetime of a person, they will spend six months, that's 24 hours a day, for six months sitting at a stoplight. No wonder people run red lights, right? Too many people pray to God for patience like this. Oh God, give me patience and give it to me right now. Even though these founding stone or foundation stones of Christian character are not typically practiced in the world, you should know that the world, the people in our community are looking for this place of peace. A place of peace that becomes obvious when people are transparent and allow our inner values of humility and gentleness and patience to shine. These are key for unity in the church. For the church to work right, we need internal character and attitude that just is not natural to us or the world. This type of transparency only comes from God. So unity matters in our calling and in our character. And then in verses 4 through 6, we find that unity matters in our confession. There are seven ones in verses 4 through 6. Our unified confession talks about one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all. Unity matters when there is unity in belief. Our outer shell becomes transparent to others when we can make a unified confession of faith. This scripture rallies around the oneness, the oneness, the unity described by these seven ones of unity. One and two, one body and one spirit. There's a unity of formation. The one body, the church, is formed and sustained by the one spirit. That's what we celebrate today through Pentecost. The one who indwells all believers, thus rendering us collectively one body. We're going to look deeper into this one body next week when we look at spiritual gifts matter. This scripture identifies one body and one spirit, regardless of whether our transparency demonstrates the unity of the spirit or the truth of the one body. In this sense, the the body of Christ. It's like, like a beaded necklace. A necklace is composed of many individual beads 
all joined together in a single common chord. Separately, they just exist as a pile of beads. But when you join them all together with the common chord, they exist as a single beautiful necklace. Just so individual Christians are bound together by the indwelling of the Spirit to form a single beautiful body, the church, the universal church. The Holy Spirit constitutes the church and is the basis of its oneness. There are not numerous bodies, even though it may seem that way when you look around. There is not one church for blacks, one church for whites, one church for Latinos, one church for the rich, one church for the poor. No, there is one body, the church, which is comprised of all believers and all local churches. Just as there is unity of formation in one body through one spirit, so there is, number three, one hope. One hope when you were called, verse 4. There is unity in destiny. We who believe in Jesus, we have been called, we have been indwelled by the Holy Ghost, and we have been given one hope. The Spirit constitutes the body and its unity, and the Holy Spirit fills its members with a common hope the one hope of being with and like Jesus, the one who saves, Christ, the anointed one. We live transparently in the truth and consciousness of this glorious hope. Here are some things about the hope from Scripture. It's the hope of the gospel. It's the hope of of glory. It's the hope of salvation. It's the hope of eternal life. It's the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. It is a living hope. One hope. And then verse goes on to say, one Lord. There is a unity of headship. When we speak of someone being the head, we are usually referring to the power or the authority. The head of a company is the CEO. The head of the school is the principal. The head of Dunphy Missionary Church is Jesus. In the book of Ephesians, the language of headship describes something about Christ's authority. According to Ephesians 1.10, God's purpose is to unite all things in heaven and on earth under one head, Christ. It begins with the church. We enjoy a unity of headship because there is 
one Lord. Just as we enjoy the unity of formation because there is one Spirit. Our primary confession is that Jesus Christ is the Sovereign Lord, the Head of the Body. Dunphy Missionary Church, this, this, we are His church. And then verse 5 goes on to say, one faith. There is a unity of belief. The body of Christ, the church, confesses only one faith. A confession that is both subjective and objective. The fundamental subjective expression of our one faith is the confession with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And the belief in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead. The objective expression of one faith is in the belief of the fundamental doctrines of the New Testament. Those doctrines which are necessary for salvation about which all true believers are united. Just as all believers are united in our confession of one Lord, so we are united in our confession of one faith. There is one faith in the one Lord who alone saves us through his work of atonement. It's all throughout the New Testament. And then number six of our oneness is one baptism. There is a unity of baptism. Christians differ perhaps in the form of baptism, but there is only one baptism in the sense that true baptism, true baptism expresses one truth, namely faith in and union with Jesus Christ.
Hello. All right. In conclusion, <laughs> transparency, for transparency, unity matters. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6, urges us, exhorts us, and begs us to a transparent walk a transparent walk in unity through our unified calling, character, and confession. Unity matters. There are no stars. There are no soloists. There are no lone rangers or power brokers in a unified church. There are no stars because we are called to walk together in transparency and in unity. We are called to be on the same level with one another, in step with one another, united with one another in Christ Jesus our Lord, in like character, humble, gentle, and patient, united and transparent to show our common theological confession people of Dunphy, we cannot expect the world to believe that the claims of Jesus are true and that Christianity is true unless the world sees reality and truth through oneness. Oneness of a true, transparent group of Christians. When our community looks at Dunphy Missionary Church, they should see people walking in a good life together, being transparent with one another and united in Christ. I wonder, what do non-Christians in our community think about the church? Max asked that question during Sunday school today. What is our reputation? Do they see us like other churches that go out and do fundraisers? and fundraiser drives and think that maybe leaders and people of the church are trying to pad their pockets? Do they think Dunphy Missionary Church is some sort of a cult? Very private, uppity, and maybe even weird. Or do they see consistency in our behavior and caring in our attitude? What is our reputation? Do they see 
a community of happy, transparent, united people esteeming one another better than themselves, confident in who we are and, and what we believe, wanting to share what we have with one another. Do they see in us the character of Jesus, humility, gentleness, patience, and love? Unity matters in our worthy walk of transparency, where we live as if our calling and position in Christ actually means something wonderfully glorious where we display a new character in Christ, in unity with one another, and where we are driven by the one true confession of faith. May this be true within Dunfee Missionary Church and all other evangelical churches in our community. Not that we merely agree on a common confession of faith, but that we mirror that confession in our practice by living a transparent life as those who are chosen, chosen in Christ, and redeemed, and who are looking forward to entering into our heavenly inheritance. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for calling us to unity, for showing us that unity matters, and for begging us to be transparent in this unity. May others see us the way we would like them to see Jesus Christ. Help us to reflect that in all that we do. In his name we pray. Amen.